I am sorry to inform you, I am not the pastor of Sherwood Baptist Church. <laughs> Unfortunately, over the weekend, our pastor uh, and Benji Cowart, who came in also to speak uh, uh, or to teach songwriting at our church, Seth Brazier, uh, and a few other people, uh, got sick this weekend. So that's why you see handsome Tim and myself over here. We are standing. But we're thanking God. And it was not the crawfish that we had last week. It wasn't that. So, so let's pray for our pastor and pray for all those who are sick and out right now with, for one reason or another. And we're going to pray that God does his will this morning. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you so much for another day. We're so great. You're so gracious and kind. God, you know what the day looks like before it even starts. And so, Lord, in all things, we can depend on you. And, Lord, I thank you for our pastor. I am so, so grateful for him. And I pray for him now and all the others that are out sick, Father Seth and uh, some of the others. And, God, I just pray that you would put your healing hands on them, God, in a very special way. Continue to allow them to know that you hold their life in your hands. So, Father, speak to them now. And speak to us as your children continue to be with us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, amen. amen. Well, this morning, we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, freedom in giving. Amen. amen. I love to talk about giving. Now, the times that I did not like to talk about giving is the time that I did not have money or I had too much money, I didn't want anybody to take it away. And I know there are many people, and I don't take this subject lightly because I know that there are many people in here who have problems with giving. The more I say, this is my favorite time of the service, the more you hunker down. <laughs> the more I say, man, it is time to give, the bigger the scowl comes on your face. But I want to tell you that there is freedom in giving. Such a freedom that the Lord provides to us as believers that I just really didn't understand it at first. And so I want to share just a brief testimony. My wife and I have been married for 25 years. Uh, I am so grateful for her. And as we, when we got married and we started going to church and really trying to live the Christian life and be mature Christians in life, uh, tithing was one of those areas that came up. Now, we sat down here before the sermon and discussed what was the story. <laughs> Lawana has always been a tither. It has been Kim that has not been the tither. <laughs> but you know, when we got married, this pastor gets up and starts talking about tithing, about money. And I was like, wait a minute. You're talking about something that's personal, near and dear to me. Matter of fact, it is the thing that I hold closest to my body at all times. <laughs> and when they start talking about tithing and giving in the church and different things like that, I can tell you that I kind of hunkered down a little bit and I was like, mm, I don't know, I don't, I don't think I'm ready to talk about this yet. You know, this is, this is something that is close to me. I work hard for my money and I really don't understand why we're talking about money. The Bible says, hey, let every man give what's in his heart. So you just give. You don't worry about how much I'm giving. I just, I just give. And so the pastor at our church in Memphis started challenging us on tithing. And as I sat down and did the math, the numbers were not adding up. 
I said to myself, 10% is a lot of money. After all, I don't know where it goes. Are you somebody giving me a budget report? Do I see where this money goes? What is going on? So I started thinking to myself, okay, Lord, if this is something that you are calling us as believers to do, I'm going to try to be obedient in it. We sat down. We did our budget. I was cringing the whole time. And then I gave it. First Sunday, I was so excited, 10%. And you know what happened? I went home, everything broke down. <laughs> I was like, is this a situation where I can go back and get this back? And, and then the next week, I'll give you twice that amount. But it wasn't. It was a faith walk. This was something that really challenged me to my core because, see, all the other things I could do, and it wouldn't really cost me that much. But tithing... It started costing me. And as we went on in our marriage and we started giving, and I saw the joy of really being a giver. I'm talking about just really just being a conduit to where, to where God uses you to be a blessing to other people. It was phenomenal. I started giving away everything. Lawana came home one day and she said, where's our furniture? I said, I gave it away. <laughs> I gave away our truck. We gave away all these things. But you know what? God sees those things. And we don't go out and announce them with trumpets and telling everybody, hey, I did this. But man, when you give and you give out the overflow of what God has been doing to you, you see a tremendous blessing in your life. Tremendous. We had a couple at the church we were going to. They had been praying for years desperately to stay in Japan where we were located at. And Luana and I had a vehicle, really nice vehicle. I mean, it was super nice. And uh, we got ready to leave. And what normally happens when you're in Japan, what you'll do is you will buy a car and you will probably sell it for the same amount. So it's really nothing out of your pocket, and you just get a chance to drive for about four years. And so it came up for our time to sell our vehicles, and I sold one, no problem. Pow. Got ready to sell the other one, start praying about it. And it was almost like God said, give it away. He said, I want you to sell it, I'm sorry, and give the money to someone. He's like, for Ken, he's got to make it very, very clear. <laughs> very clear. He says, give the money away. And so I got it. We sold it. I said, well, Lord, you know, I start putting my fleece out there. For most of you, you, you talk about, you know, well, God, if this is really you, you'll make this happen. <laughs> yeah, y'all laughing. Don't give yourself away now. <laughs> God, if you really want this to happen, you will show me in an extraordinary way that you want me to do this. And sure enough, put the car on sale. Next day, a person was calling and said, hey, I want to buy that cash money. I'm ready. I took the money. I went to our church. And I said, Pastor, I said, I don't know. I said, but I believe God has this for our church and our family. And his face lit up. He said, how much is it? And I told him how much, how much the amount was. And he says, that is exactly what they've been praying for. Exactly. 
And God used that for them to show his faithfulness to them and communicate to me, son, I'm always with you. And so this morning's text, we're going to look at Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. This scripture may be very, very familiar to many of you. It's called the widow's might. And you see in this passage of scripture, Jesus is actually looking at people as they put money inside the offering plate. I do not do this every Sunday. I do not look at people as they're putting money in the offering plate. As a matter of fact, that is an issue between you and the Lord. The Lord knows your heart. And as I started giving and as I started looking at this particular scripture, I started thinking that, number one, my giving was a direct reflection on how much I was willing to trust God. God, I'll trust you with the small things. My attitude, I'll trust you with that. Cigarettes, I'll trust you with them. Alcohol, I'll trust you with that. But this, this is hard for me. And so when I looked at this particular scripture, there's a few things came to my mind. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna read verse 41 through 44. And here's what it reads, it says, And he sat down opposite of the treasury and began observing how the people were putting money into the treasury and how many rich people were putting in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which is amount to a cent. Calling his disciples to him, he said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the contributors to the treasury. For they all put in out of their surplus, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she owned, all she had to live on. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this scripture. I pray that you would teach us through the words of scripture how important our giving is. God, how you continually watch, see, and you, and, you, and you desire to do great things through us. And so, Father, I pray that you would use this scripture in our hearts for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have a sheet in front of you, the first point that I see in this particular scripture is when you give, God sees your heart. When you give, God sees your heart. As I look at this scripture, it says, and Jesus, and he sat down opposite of the treasury and began observing how the people were putting, into, putting money into the treasury and how many rich people were putting in large sums. And when I think about this particular picture, you've got to understand that when people went to the temple to put in money, there was a box. And on top of that box was almost like a trumpet shape, okay? And so there is this trumpet shape is actually going inside of a wooden box and people would walk by and they would put money inside of it. And so people with large sums of money, you could hear and see all this money going into, into this box. And so many people were doing this because they wanted to show. Saying, hey, it's all about me. 
Look how much money I'm putting in. And so Jesus is sitting and observing this, and along comes this widow woman. And I can almost look at that exact picture as people are running in to the treasury. She's almost, you can almost picture it. She's got a cane and kind of got her head covered up and just trying to make her way down and just pay her money. And as she comes down, the person probably steps in front of her, drops their money in there, and just, she just reaches into her satchel and just drops that coin in there. Jesus sees her. And I believe the same thing is happening on Sunday mornings or whenever you give. God sees you. He sees each and every one of us. And not only that, he sees your heart in this. He wants to know that you are not just giving, but you are a cheerful giver is what the scripture says. You see, it's not just about the amount of money that you give. It's about your heart condition. How is my heart inside all of this? Am I giving out of a gracious heart? That's why I stand up on Sunday morning and I'm cheering and I'm grateful because God has done so many awesome things. And this is the least I can do for a king that has saved my life. Amen. So giving on Sunday morning is a joy for me because God has done so much. As a matter of fact, as I look in Scripture, there is one Scripture that really comes to mind. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Listen to what this reads. It says, each one must do just as he purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. I see in that two things. When I get ready to give, I'm going to have joy, okay? When I get ready to give, I'm going to have joy. The reason why, I'm just grateful for what he's done and that he's allowed me to be a part of the work he's doing in this world. He's allowed us to be a part. As a church, he's allowed us. I've never been in a church so generous as this one. I have never. The people here are faithful in their giving, and they are content in their giving. As a matter of fact, they are joyful givers. I am overwhelmed, not, even, not only in this church, but if you go out into the community and start asking questions, people will tell you without a shadow of a doubt, the people at Sherwood are generous givers. But as we're giving, we need to make sure we're looking at our heart. Am I giving with a joyful heart. So not only do I have joy when I start giving, but I also have joy after I give because I've been obedient to what God has called me to do. Sometimes we can give and get upset or regret what we've done. But listen, I want to tell you, when you're walking in the obedience and you're doing what God has called you to do, and you sincerely got on your knees, and you started praying, and you started asking the Lord, Lord, what do you desire for me? And he gave you an answer, and you give. Guess what? You can walk away in obedience and joy, knowing that I've done exactly what the Father has called me to do. You can sleep at night. 
because you have done exactly what God has called you to do. It's when you have not done, you can't sleep. Matter of fact, the Bible says it's like putting money in a pocket with holes in it. It's like everything I do does not add up. It's like I, I check the numbers and I do them over and over, and it's like the money is just not adding up. You know why? It's because every time I try to give, God is like, hey, he's putting a ceiling on the heavens and say, hey, look, I can't bless you like that. You're taking what I have given to you and you're just splurging on it, buying what you want to buy, doing what you want to do. God said, listen, I'm not pleased with that. And it's not that he needs our money. He desires obedience in everything that we have. Point number two. When you give, number one, when you give, God sees your heart. Number two, when you give, God knows your situation. Now, here is the sticky point. When you give, God knows your situation. When I counsel people on giving and tithing and different things like that, and I am telling you, I love to talk about money because I was one of the people who just really, really was just like, I am not doing that. People start talking about, well, Pastor King, you don't understand this. You don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand my life. You don't understand my financial situation. You don't understand this. And listen, you don't think God knows exactly where you are? He knows your situation. He knows the problems in your life. He knows the things that you're financially strapped about. He knows all those things. He is trying to get you to a point to where you will trust him. Trust me. If he's the God that owns a cattle on a thousand hill, if he's the God that can give salvation to many, to the world, why don't you think he could do something small like your finances? We as believers must trust God. One of the scriptures that brought, back, that brought back to my mind was two scriptures, really, Ananias and Sapphira. Do y'all remember Ananias and Sapphira? I'm going to update you just in case you've never wrote, read that scripture. In the book of Acts, the believers Thousands of people were being saved at the same time. And it was just, I mean, I could just put myself, it was just awesome people. Thousands of people were coming and being saved. And the Bible talks about as people were being saved, the believers were celebrating. And, and, and as they were celebrating, they went and start selling their things. And as they start selling their, their things, they start bringing them to the apostles because the apostles saw the need of the people. And they start distributing them out to people. And so the Bible says that no one was, out with, was without a need in that particular time. And that was fantastic. But there were two people, husband and a wife. Ananias and Sapphira. They saw what everybody was doing. They say, you know what? We've got some land, surplus. Why don't we go sell that? They went and sold the land. But when they got the money, you know when people say when your money is funny and your change is strange, you just start doing some crazy stuff. <laughs> And they took back a portion of what they sold. They kept it for themselves. And they went to the temple just as nothing had happened. They donated the money. 
And one of the apostles says, why do you lie to the Holy Spirit? Can, now watch, can you imagine that? <laughs> can you imagine as the offering plate is going by on a Sunday morning and you put your offering in there and the person next to you says, why are you lying to the Holy Spirit? <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, you talk about backflips, you be doing <laughs> But that's exactly what happened. As they were giving the money, the apostle said, why are you lying to the Holy Spirit? He says, didn't you sell this land for such and such amount? Then why are you giving this amount? And he fell dead right there. I was like, oh. And then his wife walked in. Wife walks in, doing the same thing, and he asked her the same question. Didn't you sell this land? Yep. Matter of fact, he says, matter of fact, the people that just buried your husband are on their way in. She dropped dead. I said all that to say this. Do not lie to the Lord. He knows exactly where we are. Purpose in your heart. Pray, seek the Lord. Lord, what do you desire for me to do? And stay faithful to what he's called you to do. Is it going to hurt in some situations? Absolutely. As I start thinking about my own giving during Meet the Need, I start thinking like, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to give? And, and for my family, he gave me a certain number, and I was like, oh, that's more than what we've done in the past. But as I thought about it, I start looking at all the other stuff that I purchased. I say, you know what? I can take that out. 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 It's going to cost me something. It's a sacrifice. So the Lord sees your heart. He knows your situation. And listen to this. This is the last one. When you give, it is an act associated with walking by faith. When you give, it is an act associated with walking by faith. Let's look at this verse. In the Bible, Mark chapter 12, verses 43 through 44. Calling his disciples to him, he said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the contributors into the treasury. For they all put in out of their surplus, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she owned. All she had to live on. This takes faith. Another scripture <laughs> that I really love is Matthew 6. And in this particular verse, it says, if God so clothes the flowers of the field, why wouldn't he do it for you? O ye of little faith, submit yourself unto the Lord. Listen, I know tithing, offering is a hard subject to talk about. But I'll tell you what, when you start walking by faith in this area of your life, you will start seeing maturity in this area. I am not saying that God will financially bless you because you financially given to the church. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is this is a walk of maturity. I am growing and learning to trust God and not myself. Amen? The Bible says in Proverbs 3, trust the Lord with all your heart. 
Don't lean to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. And the Bible says that he will do what? He will, he will direct your path. God desires an intimate relationship with you. And inside that intimacy, it is us trusting him with everything. And like I said, from the beginning, my wife and I, we were just not there. We were just not there. But now, I'll tell you this. After I start looking at tithing, I said no one will get more money than my Lord. No one. Not the mortgage company, not the car company, no one. God will get the very best of all that I have. He'll get the very best. And so for us as believers, when we start thinking about that, I know in your mind you're like, man, that is crazy. People in the world, that is crazy. You do what? No. I say, yes, because he's done so much. This life is temporal. Everything that you see will burn up. That we will not hold on to this forever. And so God has given us an opportunity as a believer in Christ Jesus to store up treasures in heaven and not treasures on this earth. And you learn not to hold things too tightly in your hand. And you say, God, whatever your will is, I want to do it. Finances, education, talent, skills, and abilities, whatever you have for me, Lord, help me to hold it so loosely in my hands that I won't be upset when you desire to take it. So now, a few minutes left, practically. How do you live this out? You may be saying, that's big talk right there behind that pulpit preacher. <laughs> How do you live this stuff out? How can I walk through this in an everyday life? And I'm going to say this before I jump into these points. Some of you, you have a desire to give, but your spouse is not there yet. You have a husband or a wife, and they're just really not there yet, and you see that. Do not cause contention in your home. You be obedient to the person that God has given you. And you pray for them, Lord, give them a giving heart just like I have a giving heart. Help my situation in my home, Lord, help me to get to the point to where we are both cheerful and joyful givers. Amen? Y'all better say something in here. Y'all ain't. I'll tell you what, boy, I'm about to go back in here and start pulling out some other stuff. This is a faith walk. Matter of fact, there's an old song. Maybe y'all can help me with it. Miss Ann, maybe you can help me. There's an old James Cleveland song. He said, I don't believe the Lord has brought me this far to leave me. I just don't believe it. I, I just don't believe it. I don't believe that. I believe he has everything in store for me that is of his grace. Okay, so first point, practical. How do I live this out? Number one, pray and ask the Lord. You got to pray. Ask the Lord what he desires for you to do. Pray and ask the Lord, what does he desire for you to do? If you take any step outside of prayer, you're wrong. 
you need to pray and ask the Lord, Lord, what do you desire for me to do? How do you desire for me to give? And allow him to lead you. Number two, after he tells you how to give, you make a budget. All right? You make a budget. I can't get up here and be so spiritually minded. I don't know we still live in the world. You must make a budget. You ask God, God gives you an amount, and then you, you start adjusting everything after that. Cable can go. New clothes every month can go. Coffee? God, man, hold on. <laughs> Coffee can go. It can go. Isn't that right, Jim? <laughs> Coffee can go. You make a budget. You make a budget. All right? Listen to the Lord. Everything adjusts off what he's calling us to do. Number three, remain faithful. After, after you sit down and you pray and you make a budget, there will be things that will come up that will try to get you off track. Every time. There you go. Every time. Remain faithful to what the Lord has called you to do. Say, Lord, you've told me to do this. You've called me to do this, so I'm going to stay faithful in it. I don't care what happens in my life. I'm going to continue to stay faithful in what you have called me to do. Number four, so I'm praying, I'm making a budget, I'm remaining faithful, and then I am looking for additional ways to be a blessing. Sometimes you can give and say, okay, this is it for me. I'm not doing it anymore. I don't care what they say. I am not doing anymore. I am done. Zero. Nada. I don't care how much they ask. I don't care how much Pastor Ken come talk to me. I am not doing anything more. Remain open for God to continue to use you because what he's doing is he's stretching you. And so sometimes in my life, I have been sitting down and I know what I'm giving. I have purposed it. You know, I've sat down and, and looked at my checkbook and said, all right, this is what I'm going to do. And God says, no, 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 no. Let's go above that. Let's do something a little bit more. Let's go be a blessing to this person. Be a blessing to this person. And every time without fail, I see God's hand move. And then the last one, number five. Have a cheerful attitude. This is my best time of the service. <laughs> Have a cheerful attitude. Listen, I know this is hard. But listen, the resources that you have don't belong to you. They belong to the Lord. And as he is pouring resources into our life, we need to be cheerful and generous givers. Like I said, this church is one of the most giving churches that I have ever been in. And I pray that that will continue for many, many years to come. But my prayer also is we don't get stagnant and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And you've made that up in your mind and you've closed off listening to the Lord and what you're supposed to be doing. Allow your voice to continue to be open to what the Lord is calling us to do as a church. Amen? Amen? Last thing. We've talked about resources. We've talked about giving. We've talked about we've had some fun. We've laughed. But all of that means nothing if you have never given your life to Jesus. That's 
All of that means nothing. You can be the most generous giver, and if you have not given your life to Jesus, you still won't make it into heaven. This is nothing that you do to make God excited about who you are. You should give your life first to Jesus. So that is the biggest and the most wonderful gift. So as our praise team is coming, my prayer is that if you have not given your life to Jesus, I pray that is the first step before anything else. Giving my life to Jesus and then walking with him in obedience through baptism, giving, worship service, all of those things. Giving your life to Jesus is the most important thing. So let us pray. And we're going to ask the Lord for his blessing and for any of those who would like to come. As our pastors come and stand at the center aisles, let us pray. Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for your word. God, I know on such a tense topic, sometimes it's good to laugh and, and to talk, but Lord, I know in every area of our life, you're calling us to obedience. And God, I pray that we will all be found faithful in that. Help us to remember that the things that we hold are not our own. God, everything, every single thing belongs to you. And Father, while we're not looking at the amount that we give, God, you're looking at our heart. So God, I pray that we're faithful in that. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. And now, Lord, I pray also for those who don't know you in the pardon of their sins. The best gift that I could ever give in my life to Jesus. And I pray that that's someone in here today. I know someone came in hurting, looking for hope. I tell you that hope is here today in Jesus. And if you have never given your life to Jesus, and you are in this room right now, and you can hear my voice, I just want you to do something real quick. While every head is bowed, every eye is closed, I want you to put your hand up just where you are. If you have never given your life to Jesus, never, and you know you need to, never given your life to Jesus. Is there anybody here? Anybody here? In a room this size, I know. Sometimes we'll depend on our good works to get us into heaven, and they can't. Our good works can't get us there. It doesn't matter how much we serve, how much we give. Your good works will never get you there. Believing on the Lord Jesus is the most important thing that you could ever do. So I pray that today, if you are making a decision, you will come down front, see one of our pastors as we start singing. Or maybe you're in a state where you just say, Lord, you know what? This is an area of my life when I've been really disobedient. And God, I just want to ask for forgiveness. This altar is open for you. And so, Father, I pray that you would be with us today. Continue to speak to, your, speak to our hearts. And as the choir sings, as our praise team sings, and you have decided to give your life to Jesus or recommit your life to Christ, we invite you to come.